You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. A reading from the first letter of St. Peter, beginning in the first chapter and the 17th verse. If you invoke as Father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. You know that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Through him, You have come to trust in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your hope and faith are set on God. Now you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth so that you have genuine mutual love. Love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable, but of imperishable seed through the living and enduring word of God. This is the word of the Lord. Please pray with me. Dear Father in heaven, we ask you to be here in this place with us this afternoon, and we trust that you are a keeper of promises, that you are here. May my words be your words, and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please sit. A very famous verse in James chapter 1, verse 17, says that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. And this is a beautiful sentiment. The truth on the ground, though, if you just open your eyes and look around the world, is slightly different. Instead of every good and perfect gift coming from above, it's more like Every good and perfect gift comes with a warning. Every toy my kids get for Christmas has large warnings on the packaging about how this toy or the plastic bag it comes in might kill them. Every movie I see warns me about the questionable content it contains. The roller coasters I ride are not recommended for pregnant women or children or someone of my height. Every medication I take might cause a stroke. Have you ever paid a bill on the internet or updated your iTunes? Has anyone ever clicked on the read the agreement little box before you accept it? I did it one time and it's pages and pages of warnings, promises not to sue, etc. The message that the world seems to be sending us every day of our lives is, are you sure you want to do this? Fast food chains now have to post nutrition information. It's delicious, but are you sure you want to eat this? This toy looks fun, but are you sure you want to risk your child's death? And Peter in his letter that we read from, is sort of saying the same thing. He says, if you invoke as Father the one who judges people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. In other words, 
If you want to get into a relationship with a God who judges people according to what they do, get ready to live in fear. He's saying, are you sure you want to do this? Now, this is a hard thing and an unnatural thing for us to hear from Peter because we're accustomed to thinking of our relationship with Almighty God as loving, as something that might offer us an escape from fear rather than a source of it. But what Peter is showing us here is actually the thing, the one thing that makes a relationship with Jesus Christ absolutely unique. You see, we think that we want impartiality. We think it gives us a chance. We imagine our lives on sort of a cosmic scales, all the bad stuff getting piled on one side, all the good stuff getting piled on the other, and in the end, whichever one weighs the most, well, that'll determine how it goes for us. And there's a reason that Lady Justice is always depicted as blindfolded. And she's holding the scales, and she's supposed to be objective, impartial, right? She doesn't judge by sight. Whichever side of the scales weighs the most, that's the one she picks. She's not supposed to be swayed by the people who are placing themselves or their accomplishments, their offerings on her scales. She doesn't care about their extenuating circumstances, or the pleading looks in their eyes, she's impartial. The good outweighs the bad, reward. The bad outweighs the good, punishment. And Peter is acknowledging that this is the natural way to think. But he cautions us. If you invoke as Father the one who judges impartially, according to their deeds, live in fear. If you have a God who does this, like Lady Justice, who judges impartially, according to your deeds, you will not have peace. You will live in fear. Now you know this fear. This is the fear that wakes you up in the middle of the night, wondering if you're a good enough provider for your family. This is the fear that makes you write and rewrite emails to the person who has power over you, desperate to choose just the right words. This is the fear that has prevented you from calling that member of your family for all of these years, worried that the thing that estranged you really was your fault. This is the fear that causes a dying man to say, as a dying man said to me once, I think I've lived a good life. I'm just not sure it was good enough. This is the fear that Peter is talking about. If we ask into our hearts a God who judges impartially according to our deeds, a judge who looks at how we've lived our lives, we will always be worried we will always have that sneaking suspicion that God, who sees our hearts and our hidden desires, our attitudes, the us that we hide from everyone else, we fear that he will find the lives we've led 
wanting. And the scales will tip and not in our favor. Now this sneaking suspicion is totally accurate, by the way. The lives we've led have been wanting and the scales will tip and not in our favor. But if I had taken a survey before church this afternoon and asked you if you'd prefer a God who was partial or impartial, I bet every single one of us would have said we want an impartial God. We think that impartiality is what we want in our judges. We get angry and self-righteous when we think we see partiality. When Judge Judy, and yes, of course, I spent a lot of time in college watching Judge Judy, when Judge Judy decided on a whim that she liked one person more and ruled in their favor, it used to drive me crazy. When a coworker gets preferential treatment, it annoys us. When we felt that our parents favored a sibling over us, it was a crushing blow. And the idea that God might be partial, that God might play favorites, I couldn't suggest something more hideous to our sensibility. Because we think that impartiality gives us a chance. If the game's rigged, we could be left out. But if God is fair, then maybe, maybe, we could be okay if we work hard enough, if we do well enough. But impartiality is our death sentence. If God were to be fair, as Peter describes, and judge all of us according to our deeds, no one, not a single one of us, could be found acceptable. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is St. Paul. Our self-centeredness, our pride, our jealousy, our betrayal, our anger, all of these things combine to make fairness, they combine to make impartial judging doom for the human race. These things continue to make fairness and impartial judging not good news, but the worst news. No wonder Peter says that we'll live in fear. But Peter's not done. He goes on. He has real good news for those of us who live in fear. You know, he says, you know that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your ancestors. Not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. Peter says that if you do what your ancestors did and accept the God who judges impartially, who judges fairly, then you'll live in fear for the rest of your life, that your life isn't good enough. But he says... You don't have to. This is not the God who comes to you. You know, he says, that you were ransomed from those futile ways. Our ancestors 
had it wrong. They didn't know about Jesus. I love that he says that we were ransomed from those beliefs. Our beliefs were holding us hostage. The idea that God would be fair was holding us hostage. The idea that we had to be good enough was our captor. It was imprisoning us. But we were ransomed. Not with stuff that has passing value, like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. And this is good news. This is the gospel. And this is how radical the good news is. Are you ready for this? Here it comes. God is unfair. And this is good news for you. God shows partiality. This is good news for you. Now, it's perfectly true that in Acts, St. Peter specifically says that God shows no partiality, but that's Peter proclaiming the gospel to the Gentiles. He's saying that God's partiality doesn't depend on your nation of origin or anything in particular about you. But make no mistake, God is unfair. God shows partiality. And He is partial to His Son. God plays favorites. And Jesus is His favorite. And this is good news for us. Because the Bible says that everyone who believes has been clothed with Christ. This metaphor is specifically used to help us understand verses like this. When God looks at us, when God looks at you, He sees His Son. He's not fooled. We're not pulling a fast one on God because Jesus Christ is God Himself. But we get to cover ourselves with God's own Son. We cover ourselves with the One to whom God shows partiality. We are covered by God's favorite. Wearing our normal clothes, our sinful robes, we are in trouble and we will live in fear. But clothed with Christ, we partake in all the glory that comes with being the favorite, getting the preferential treatment, not because of who we are or because of anything we've done, but because of who ransomed us. Because of who paid for our freedom from the tyranny of trying hard to be acceptable, but always being worried that we haven't done enough. In Christ, you are God's favorite and are loved perfectly. And so all fear is cast out forever. Peter describes our current state of mind incredibly accurately 
when he says that as long as we have a God who judges us impartially according to our deeds, we'll be afraid. We are afraid. We still worry daily that we have an impartial judge. But we, clothed in Jesus Christ, have hope. And Peter describes our hope even more perfectly. You know, he says, that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without defect or blemish. Christ's precious blood, the sacrifice of Jesus without defect or blemish, has done something incredible. Christ's blood has washed us white as snow and made us the ones to whom God shows partiality. Almighty God has torn the blindfold from Lady Justice's eyes. He has broken down the false idol of impartiality because an impartial scales finds every single one of us wanting every single time. Our bad outweighs our good every single time. But God isn't blind. He opens his eyes and he looks at us and he sees his suffering son ransoming us with his blood. The body of Christ is broken for you. The blood of Christ is shed for you. In and on account of Christ, you... Yes, even you are God's favorite, his beloved, one and only child. Fear is abolished and peace reigns supreme. As Jesus said to his disciples, and he says to you today, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Fear is gone, and peace is here. Brothers and sisters, let us rest in this peace. In Christ, we sinners are reconciled to a holy God. We have been ransomed purchased, paid for. The deal is done. It is accomplished. In Christ, you are God's favorite. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.